It's one of the most dangerous prayers you can pray. Come Holy Spirit. Especially when you get up to preach and the, and the pastor says on you, come Holy Spirit. <laughs> and then he shows up. And so what are you going to do? Oh, yeah, God is good. It's such a privilege to be here with you this morning. Please don't worry about this. That happens to me. It's just the Holy Spirit. And this is just the way he manifests in me. I got radically touched 15 years ago. And uh, my life changed forever. And um, this, is, this is how he manifests on me a lot. So, you know, it's funny. Like, we ask him to come, and then we don't expect anything to happen. <laughs> when he wants, when we say, come Holy Spirit, we should expect him to come. And so, um, if I pivot the affections of my heart on him and ask him to come, he usually ends up showing up. So... Um, yeah, it's just one of those things. And if this bothers you, I'm sorry, but, um, this is the way it is, you know, and, uh, but God is good, isn't he? He's so faithful and it's been such a pleasure, um, getting to know Alan and and Mary Ellen and aunt and uh, the whole family and just being here. They've been so gracious to us, so wonderful. And I bless you for taking care of Dylan for that month. I really do. I just, I pray for you. I intercede for you and, uh. (laughs) I bless you for taking care of him. Um, It's wonderful to have my wife with me and to be with uh, Chanel, our daughter, here in in Durban. We've been here for two weeks just having Christmas together. It's not very often, like I'm sure many of you know, that you get to be together with family um, anymore. It's difficult sometimes. And so we we really look forward to the times that um, we have together. And... um, I just so enjoyed your worship. Well done, worship team. You guys did such an amazing job. You know, um, it's just uh, so nice to come into a place. I really feel like there's a well of his presence here. And that well is going to turn into a river. Because first it's a well and then it becomes a river. And um, I just really feel like what you guys have created is just such a well of his presence in this place. And I would just say get ready for even greater increase. You're already full. Um, But I'm telling you get ready for more. Um, because the river is going to begin to flow in even a greater and a greater measure. Um, as we begin to drink, isn't it amazing? He says, if you'll come unto me and drink out of your bellies, shall flow rivers of living water. So in the kingdom, you have a drink, it turns into a river. Amen? He says, drink of me, and out of your bellies shall flow rivers of living water. And so I feel like you guys have, you've been drinking of him, and you've created such a well in this place, and it's going to flow out of here like a river. And it's going to flow out of your lives like a river. How many know age is not a factor in the kingdom of God? Amen? We're all dangerous for the kingdom of God. The enemy is afraid of you because of who you are and what you carry. And it does not matter if you're young. It does not matter if you're old. It does not matter if you're middle-aged. You carry the presence of God. Jesus Christ lives on the inside of you. And His Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you and is waiting to get out of you. And um, I actually think that as we get older, we actually get away with more stuff. It's like easier to evangelize. It's easier to reach out and pray for people because they might think you're a little bit crazy um, by doing it. And really, we don't really care what they think, do we? I don't really care anymore what people think. We need to be dead to that anyway. We need to be dead to that fear of man and not be afraid of what people think and just release the kingdom of God into their lives. And so I would just really encourage you, just everywhere you go and whatever you do, just let the kingdom of God out. Just let that river that's been put in you, let it flow out of you and touch the lives around you. 
Because God wants to use you in amazing ways for his kingdom. Amen? Come on. And I love to sing the songs about faithfulness. I wanted to run around and slap high fives on people. Come on. He is more than faithful. No matter what I've gone through in my life, he has been faithful. Even when I've been down, I feel like I've been down the bottom of the pit, even in the bottom of the pit, I know that he is faithful. Even in the most difficult situations in my life, I know that he is faithful because he's a God that cannot lie. And if he says, I'll always be with you, if he says, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you, and if he has given us these promises in his word, that means he's faithful to fulfill those promises. And so it doesn't matter whether we're on top of the mountain abounding or we're in that place of where we're, where, where we're kind of stressed out and we're going through difficulties. He is faithful no matter what. And if you look back over your lives, we'll see the faithfulness of God in every area of your life. Even in the most difficult areas of your life, he is with you. And you'll see his hand in those areas. And so... When we sing about the faithfulness of God, I want to run around. I want to slap high fives. I want to get excited because we should get excited about the faithfulness of God. We as Christians, we have the best life. No, no, come on. It's better than that. We have the best life. We know where we are going to spend eternity. We know what is in store for us. It's amazing. It's wonderful. It's going to be incredible. And we know that we get to co-labor with Christ here on this earth to see it begin to look like heaven. We see heaven begin to manifest, to see lives transformed and changed. How good is that, that the God, the creator of the universe, wants to co-labor with us, wants to work with us to see lives transformed and changed? That is amazing. And then it doesn't matter what difficulties come. It doesn't matter what um, things may come at us, what storms of life may come out of us, at us. Because we can have peace in the midst of the storm. Jesus was asleep in the bottom of the boat with his head on a pillow while all the disciples were freaking out because of a storm going on, right? Why? Because he was perfect peace. And so inside of us, we have perfect peace. We have no reason to stress. The Bible says, be anxious for nothing, but give all your prayers to God. We don't have any reason to be anxious because we have a father that we can rest in a father that we can trust in a father that we can rely on who's not going to let us stumble who's not going to let us fall but he's going to see us through every situation in our lives we have a good god somebody slap your neighbor oh give them a high five sorry (laughs) if they're sleeping well then you can You might need to slap them. I'm not sure. (laughs) I've got a frog in my throat. I was about to say, come out. No, but I got it. I think it's gone now. (laughs) It is such a privilege to be here with you guys today. And um, I just want to read some scriptures to you. Um, When I come into a place, I don't necessarily come in with a set message. I just say, God, what do you want to say? What do you want to do? I study a lot of different things, and then I just leave it up to the Lord, you know? Like, Lord, what do you want to say to the people? And so turn with me to Proverbs 3. I want to read verses 5 and 6. And a lot of the songs that we sang today have a, go along with what I'm going to talk about. In um, Proverbs 5 and 6, uh, chapter 3, verse 5 and 6 say, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. 
Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. You see, He wants all of us. He doesn't want to just have a a little bit of us. He doesn't uh, want just bits and pieces. He wants our whole heart. Um, I know we we often hear that joke that um, about like the... Oftentimes when people get baptized... You know, when they get baptized, the one thing that's out of the water is their wallet. You know, like, <laughs> you can have all of me, just don't have my finances. You know, or you can have all of me, but just don't have this or don't have that. And it's like, no, he wants all of us. He says, he says trust in the Lord with all your heart. So you trust in him with everything you have. You trust in him with your life. You trust in him with your kids' lives. You, you trust in him with your future and everything that your future may hold, you, you trust in God. And it says that if we'll trust in him with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding and in, and in all your ways acknowledge him, he will direct your paths. So the safest way to be is in reckless abandon for him. Safe, safest place to be is to give everything to him and just trust in him. And he says, if we'll do that, and we'll lean not on our own understanding, because a lot of times we like to lean on our own understanding. Because we might look at a situation, and God is going, I want you to trust me in this situation that I'm going to see you through. And we'll go, Lord, that just doesn't look good, what you're asking me to do. You know, it looks crazy. And he's going, I don't want you to lean on your own understanding. I want you to trust in me. I can remember in the 80s, I was doing missionary work in different parts of Africa, and we were... Um, working with, uh, we were ministering in rebel-held territory and um, just ministering to, to, to these people. And it was dangerous situations, very rough situations. And I can remember one time when um, we were getting ready to travel through a country and um, we had to go through an armored convoy with the armored convoys. We had to go through the country. And uh, we had to spend the night at the border. And um, one of the guys I met there at the border said, um, why don't you stay with me down here by the army camp? Because while, while the government was taking us through the, the, the country, the rebels were fighting against the government and attacking convoys and things. Now, while we were ministering to the rebels, they didn't know where we were or what was going on. And um, so he said, why don't you stay with me here by the army camp? And the Lord said, I want you to stay up by the granary on the hill. And um, so I'm like, up by the granary on the hill, that's a bit crazy to go up there, you know. And he goes, that's where I want you to stay. So I was telling my friend, I said, I, I have to go stay up on the hill there. And he goes, no, you need to stay here. This is dangerous. You, you need to stay here. And I said, no, I know what the Lord wants me to do. You see, it's leaning not on your own understanding, but trusting in him. So I went up there, and um, I, had a little, I had a little trailer behind my, my car, open, open trailer. And I lied down in the back of it. And about 8 o'clock at night, I, I saw these shooting stars. Went, wow, shooting stars. But then I started hearing the, the gunshots go off with the shooting stars. And, uh, and so I thought, oh, no. And I tried to roll out. And I actually got on. I had an old 1976 240D Mercedes. Those things were built like tanks, man. They could go anywhere. And I had about that much room under my car. And I was skinny then. And I, I fit under my car. And their RPGs were going off. And I could hear the soldiers running up and down the road. And they were hitting the army camp down the road. And um, so it, it just goes to show you that you can't lean on your own understanding. But you have to trust in God. You have to know what, 
what he is saying to you, and you have to, you have to trust in him. And that can go in finances, that can go in your job. Maybe the Lord is asking you to change jobs. Maybe he's asking you to, to move to another city. Maybe he's asking you to move to another town. Um, and you just have to trust in him. And if you know that he has spoken to you, you just have to trust in him. You just have to give everything to him, give all. I mean, when I first came to, to Africa, I did not want to come to Africa. It was in 1985. And um, I'd been doing, I did one year at Bible school and I was doing um, a summer internship at a camp outside of St. Louis, Missouri. And um, at the end of the internship, I wasn't sure what to do. I thought, Lord, what does the future look like? What do I do in the future? And these people that had been in Zimbabwe, they, um, I had lunch with them. They asked me to have lunch with them. And they said, we feel like God's calling you to Africa. And uh, we feel like that's where you're supposed to be. And I said, no way, it's not happening. I'm not going to Africa. There was just, I enjoyed my TV too much. I enjoyed my lazy boy recliner. You know, I wanted to stay in America. And uh, so about three or four days later, um, I went to a conference. And I'm at this conference, and I'm worshiping um, in like the, the third row. I'm just worshiping at this small church. And the Lord's talking to me about Africa again. He's going, I want you to go. And I said, no, I'm not going, you know. And finally, I gave up and I said, okay, I'll go. And the minute I said that, there was a lady in front of me and she turned around and began to prophesy over me about Africa. And so I'm like, okay, God, I'll go. And I woke up the next morning and thought, no, I ain't going. It's not happening. I'm not going to Africa. <clears throat> Two days later, I was at a big conference. I'm sitting in the back. I'm trying to hide like, like you guys in the back there. No, I'm not saying you're hiding. But I was, you're not safe in the back. You know that, don't you? You know that. Um, I, was, I was in the back, and um, during the, this woman's up preaching, and during her message, the Lord is telling me, you need to go to Africa. I want you in Africa. I'm going, I'm not going to Africa. And finally, I gave up again, and I said, okay, Lord, I'll go. And this lady stops in the middle of her message, and she turns and goes, God's calling somebody here to Africa, and you better go. And we need you to acknowledge it. And so I thought, oh, man. So I raised my hand. I said, come up here to the front. I came to the front. The power of God hit me. I'm down on the floor. And then after about five minutes, I feel money falling on me. Open my eyes, and there's money coming down on me. And what happened was they took up an offering for me. And it was enough money to send me to Africa and provide my living for about six months. So the Lord's like, hey, you had no excuses. You're going to Africa. This is it. So it's just like not leaning on your own standing and trusting and giving him everything and just saying, God, no matter what, I'm going to trust you in this and you are going to direct my path. I didn't know what was going to happen in Africa. I didn't know what was going to go on. But see, we don't need to know all the picture. In our own understanding, we want to know the picture. What is the plan? How is this going to work out? How is this going to happen? But in God's eyes, you don't need to know the whole plan. It's like, no, I want you to trust me. I want you to put your faith in me and your trust in me, and I'll direct your paths, you know. And that takes trust, because so often we want to know what the plan is. And this is pretty comforting when you realize this, Jeremiah 29. Um, Starting at verse 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Already, thoughts of peace and not of evil. How many know God's not out to get you? He's not out to cause evil in your life. He's not out to cause 
disaster in your life. He's not out to, to try and kill you. Amen? He's not up there with a big stick looking to whack you on the head every time you step out of line. There's, there's this grace that comes in, and when you feel his forgiveness, you know, like, oh, man, I just want to get back to that place with you, into that, into that intimacy with you. But he's not up there trying to cause you evil. Then you will call on me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you, when you, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. See, it goes back to he wants all of your heart. That's the safest place to be is when we say, God, take all of, your, all of my heart, all my anxiety, all my worries, all my doubts, all my not needing to know about what the future holds. I give that all to you. Just take that, Lord, and here I am. Hebrews 11.8. I love reading Hebrews and about the great women of God men and women of God of faith. Hebrews 11.8 says this. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. That brings me comfort. You know, I've been a missionary since 1985. And uh, for a number of years, we were in Zimbabwe, and we've been here in South Africa for the last 15 years, I think 15 years. And uh, for 10 years, I pastored the island church in Nisna, um, South Africa. And of course, Nisna, it's a difficult place to live. It's really hard there. Uh, you know, I, I was in the bush for many, many years. I was living in huts. I was living in goat sheds. I was... Uh, putting a, a tent under any tree I could find sometimes. Um, and uh, so when the Lord sent us to Nisna, it was like, Jesus, thank you, the promised land. We have arrived. We have been there. <laughs> and, um, but how many know sometimes that, uh, you know, 1 Corinthians 16, 9 says, when Paul was talking about Ephesus, he said, a great and powerful door has opened to me, and there are, and, and there are many adversaries. That even if there's a great door of ministry that opens up to you, there can still be adversaries in those places. And sometimes we think, well, if we're having opposition, if we're having problems, well, then this isn't God. No, you're probably right in the middle of where God wants you. Hey, because you're doing something for the kingdom of God. And so it doesn't matter where you go. There's going to be, even if you have a great door of ministry open up, there's going to be adversaries. And so for the last 10 years, I pastored the island church and... Towards the end of year nine, we began to feel like we were in a, a time of transition. Like um, God's beginning to do something different in our lives. And I feel like the body of Christ is still in a place of transition. If I look after the last three years, there has been so much transition that has happened in the body of Christ. Especially with people moving from one nation to another nation. Some have, some have moved back to their home nations. Maybe they've been in America for a while. Maybe they've been in other nations, but they've moved back. And I just see this whole transition going on through the body of Christ where God is maneuvering people and putting people in places. Now, I know that that happens, you know, we're always moving, we're always doing things, but it seemed to be going on a more of a global scale in the body of Christ than before. And um, so at year nine at the Island Church, we began to, began to feel like there's something different coming up. There's, there's some transition happening. And uh, I went to the States. Um, I took um, three months sabbatical after being at the church for 10 years. I went to the States, and um, 
I was ministering in my home church in Kalinga, California. And uh, just before I got up to, to minister, a lady came up to me with this map of the world. And this lady had been somebody that my mom had mentored. My mom had gone to over 50 nations as a missionary. She'd been to Russia. She'd been to China, um, India, uh, many of the Caribbean islands, Eastern Europe, um, smuggling Bibles, ministering in different areas. And she had a world prayer map on her wall that she used to intercede um, over the world with. And I can remember her spending hours every day praying over this world map. And um, I can remember going into her room, and there she would be praying over this world map. And so as I'm getting ready to preach in Kalinga, California, this lady walks up to me, and she goes, this is your mom's map. Because my mom had passed away about seven or eight years ago. And she said, this is your mom's map. This is your inheritance. And something hit me again when I received this map. Because this was the inheritance that I have. As a, I'm a second generation ministry, uh, missionary. I'm Dylan and Chanel are third generation missionaries. And so it, there's something that hit me when I received this map. And God began to just talk to me about coming back to the nations. Going back to the nations. And um, so I went back to um, Nisna, and I remember when I walked into the church in Nisna, it was like I knew that that was time, the time was up, and it was time to go back to the nations. So I, I talked with my wife. We had been processing that for a little while, and she agreed. How many know it's good to be in agreement with your spouses? That's always good. Just remember that aunt in the future. Okay. It's always good. <laughs> <laughs> and you, and you, and you, and you. And it's, it's, it's always good to be in agreement. And um, so I went and talked to my leadership team, and they all agreed, yes, we believe you're called back to the nations. So I agreed to stay on till the end of, of um, 2016. That was six months. Then I went home and, and sat down and went, what have I done? <laughs> what did I just do? You know, I've just resigned from my church. Um, that means I got a salary for six months, and then after that, there is no salary. Hey? <laughs> you know, lean not on your own understanding, because my understanding is like panic now. <laughs> what, what have I done? What, have, you know, what, what did I just do? And um, people are going, well, what are you going to do? And I said, I don't know. Where are you going to go? I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I just know that what the Lord says was, was do that. And then this, then this verse, Hebrews eleven six, came to me about Abraham, where he said he didn't even know where he was going. And I thought, I'm in good company with Abraham. Yes, it's where I want to be, with Abraham. And um, I, I, every day I would, I would pray over this prayer map. I had this prayer map of my mom's, and I would just pray over it. And one day, about four months in, to not knowing where I was going... Um, I'm standing on the prayer map. You get desperate sometimes, you know. You just got to stand on it. And I thought, okay, every place the sole of my foot treads is mine, you know. So it was, a, it was an awful small map. So it was like one step, a pivot, turn, one step, pivot, turn, you know. So <clears throat> anyway, so I'm standing there. And all of a sudden, up within my spirit comes Baltic states. Now, when the Lord speaks to me, it's like internal it's not an, I, I can't hear an audible voice, but it's an internal, I just know it. I can almost hear it in, in my spirit. And I, that's happened to me over and over and over again. That's just the way he speaks to me. 
And so it's like Baltic states, Baltic states. I thought, okay, I think they're by Croatia, which is kind of nice. It's a nice area. Then I stepped on the map and looked on the map, and it's not. It's in Eastern Europe, and it's nice and cold up in the Baltic states. And so I'm like, I, I don't know anybody in the Baltic states. Never been there before. And um, so I go, okay, now what do you want me to do in the Baltic states? I want you to walk the streets and pray for revival. Okay, I like revival. I'm a revivalist at heart. I love revival. What else do you want me to do? I want you to walk the streets and pray for revival. You know, okay, I know you know the plans for me. I know you have good plans for me. What about letting me in on some more of the plans? You know, you ever feel like that? Just let, give me, just come on, just give me a little bit more. No, walk the streets and pray for revival. So I said, okay. And I booked my plane tickets. I, I prayed and I got to go in April. That was the time I felt like to go. And so I booked my plane ticket to Riga, Latvia, to Estonia, Tallinn, Estonia, and to Vilnius, Lithuania. And I just booked my plane tickets I, and I booked my hotel rooms. And uh, people would say, where are you going? What are you going to do? I'm going to the Baltic states and I'm going to walk the streets and pray for revival. What else are you going to do? I'm going to go to the Baltic states and I'm going to walk the streets and I'm going to pray for revival. And everybody wants, there's got to be more to that. No, there is no more to that. You see, if you trust in the Lord with all of your heart, acknowledge him in all of your ways, then he's going to take care of you. And he's looking for faith. He's looking for trust. He's saying, I've got an inheritance for you. Will you just go? And will you just do what I'm asking you to do? So I planned to go. One week before I was to leave, um, my son contacted me, Dylan. And Dylan had been in Riga about a month before that with Ben Fitzgerald. And they'd done a conference. And they met a man by the name of Anton who drove them around there. He says, Dad, I know a man named Anton there. If you want me to, he can pick you up at the airport and bring you to your hotel room. And I said, yeah, sure, why not, you know? So the next day, Anton contacted me. He said, what do you do? And I told him what the Lord had laid on my heart. And so two days later, he goes, okay, I've got you into our church. He, he wasn't the pastor of it. He said, but I got you into our church on a Wednesday night. Do you want to preach? And I said, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll preach. That's great. So I went there. Anton picked me up. The next night I preached at his church, which opened up a door to preach the next night at another church, which they said then, hey, can we call Talon for you? I said, yeah, sure. They called Talon in Estonia. The guy picked me up there. He said, what do you do? I said, this is what I do. He said, let's work on a schedule. He basically took me and started me on a schedule. I spoke on a national television show. I spoke on a um, a television show also that reaches over 600 million homes. I spoke on a radio show, uh, ministered to his leadership team. And then they go, hey, can we, can we call Vilnius, Lithuania for you? I said, yeah, sure, go ahead and call them. That will be great. They set up a meeting there where they had about four or five churches all come together. And I was able to minister for two nights there and find out on the second night that they'd had an amazing revival in Lithuania in the 90s, powerful. After the fall of the Iron Curtain, um, they had powerful revival. They had between 20 and 30,000 people born again in three years. It was huge. They had, they had um, auditoriums filled with five or 6,000 people at a time. Prayer meetings of 1,000 people would come into this place. But then over time, it all got squashed. But they're hungry for it again. They're hungry for revival. 
And the, those people that were part of that revival were in the audience. And I just said, I need those guys to come up here and lay hands on me. Because I need what they have. I need what you carry. God has sent me to these nations. I need what you carry. <clears throat> so I had an amazing time of ministry there. And then we went to, um, we went to Awakening Europe in Prague. And while we were there, the Lord spoke to me about Belarus. I want you to go to Belarus as well. I lined up more ministry in Lithuania, Latvia, Estonia. Doors opened up in Belgium. Doors opened up in Poland. Doors opened up in Belarus. I was there for two months. And then I came back to, to South Africa for one month. And I just recently went back for two months also to Eastern Europe. So from not knowing what I was going to do, not knowing what was going to happen, what doors were going to be open to... Just all, all I want you to do is walk the streets and pray for revival. I spent five months in Europe ministering because God is faithful. He's faithful. We don't need to know the whole plan. We just need to be obedient to him and trust in him. And he will open the doors and he will look after our lives. As we give it all to him, you see, it's all about giving it all to him. And sometimes that's a daily thing of giving it all to him. Because so many times you want to take the worry, you want to take the anxiety, you want to you want to you want to take the doubt. Um, you know, like what is going to happen? Will he really provide? See, the enemy tries to put all these lies in to try and get you to real to try and get you to think that he's not a good good father. Yet we know that he is a good good father. He said he would never leave us. He would never forsake us. If he feeds the sparrows, how can he not feed you? How can he not look after us? But so many times we trust and then we don't trust. We trust and then we don't trust. And he's just saying, won't you give it to me all? Won't you give it all to me? If you'll just trust in me, if you'll give me everything in your life and just trust in me, I will look after you. I will lead you. I will guide you. I will direct you. And I will take you to places that you've never been before. I never thought I would be in Eastern Europe. I never thought I would be ministering um, in that whole Eastern Bloc area up there. Um, it's quite amazing. It's all Russian speaking up there. I think I'm going to have to learn Russian. Um, it's going to be easier. So I'm going to have to learn Russian, I think. Um, and, and they're hungry for more. They're hungry for revival. They're hungry to see God move. I was in I was in Tallinn in Estonia, and, and in the 80s, they had a powerful move of God in Tallinn and Estonia. Guys came over from Sweden, and they met in the back of a, of a Baptist church. They met in a side room, and they began to pray for people, and people began to get healed. And uh, people were getting out of wheelchairs. They were, um, cripples were being healed. Um, so many healings began to happen that they had a room to the side that they began to put wheelchairs in, crutches in, braces in. All these people began to get healed. The word was getting out. They were actually having trainloads of people come from Russia to come in and, and, and get ministered to and be healed. Because at that time, Estonia was part of the Soviet Union. They were being occupied at that time. And they began to see this incredible move of God. They wouldn't let it break out in the church on a Sunday morning, but they had it in the sign room. How many know we, we don't need to compartmentalize the Holy Spirit? Put him in a little compartment. We need to let him just have freedom to do whatever he wants to do. Because that's what it's all about. They began to experience this move of God with trainloads of people were coming. People would get healed in the railway stations. When they got off the train, people would be healed. Now, here's the, here's the thing about it. Holy Spirit breaks out in this big church there in Tallinn. Right next door is the KGB building. 
I don't know. Why does God do that sort of stuff? I don't know. You know, it just, he just does it, you know. And so the KGB is watching them the whole time, monitoring them. And they're seeing these train loads of people coming from Russia. Now they're worried that this is going to get into the Soviet Union. And so they called all the pastors in, and they basically threatened them and just said, listen, you can speak in Estonian if you want, but you cannot interpret it into Russian. And their pastors felt this pressure, and they said, okay, that's what we'll do. We won't. We won't interpret it into Russian. And the revival stopped. And we don't, and there's guys there now who's in his 80s, who is one of the leaders there. And he still lives with the guilt of shutting down the revival. And we're like trying to tell him, don't, people have told him, don't live with the guilt. You can't live with that guilt of stopping. He said, yeah, but I've seen what God can do. And I'm like, we are here to join hands to, to see it again. We want to see God break out in the Baltic states. We want to see God break out in Eastern Europe. I do not care that there is 3% Christian there. That is perfect breeding ground for the Holy Spirit to radically change and transform lives. It's a perfect breeding ground for signs and wonders and miracles to begin to break out as never before. There's a great effective door of ministry that has opened up with much adversities. But that's where the kingdom is all about. The kingdom is not birthed in comfort. The kingdom was not birthed in, in uh, making sure that everything works okay, that it's in a perfect atmosphere. He was born in a manger. He was born with cows and, and dung all around him. He, you know, he was probably, you know, in that place. They were all dirty. They were all smelly in that place. We have got to make sure that we make sure that we go for the, for the broken of the broken, the lost of the lost, that we get dirty. And we don't have to be in a, in a perfect place and live our lives in comfort all the time. But we're willing to risk it all sometimes and go for the things of the kingdom. That doesn't mean that I'm asking anybody to leave their homes or leave their houses unless God asks you to. But sometimes the kingdom's not all about our comfort. It's about what he wants and what he wants to do. And we had to be willing to come to a place to where it's like, okay, we'll leave our jobs. I need, I'll, I'll leave my job. I'll leave my salary. And we'll go and we'll do what you've asked us to do. And he's provided. He's provided in the most amazing ways. He has provided for everything that we are, that we are launching out into and that we are doing in our lives. And I feel like 2017 is probably going to be a year of more, risks, more risk for you. Hey? 18 is going to be a, a time of more risk for you than maybe what you've had in the past. And it might be times of leaning not on your own understanding, but trusting in God. Because so many times we know when God has said something to us, but because it might be a place of risk, we don't step into that. And God is, is just asking us, will you trust me? Will you give me all? This, this message is for young people. It's for older people. It is, there's no age factor on it because God wants to use us all in the kingdom. And he's just asking us, will you give me all? Will you give me everything you've got? Because I want to use you in amazing ways to extend my kingdom and see lives transformed and changed. Let's all stand up. Is anybody in here, are you, if you're in here and you know you're in a place of transition... Like uh, maybe it's a job change, maybe it's a, a career change, maybe you're moving cities, maybe, maybe it's a place where your, your kids are all grown up and now it's you and the wife. That's a, that's a transition phase as well. Uh, maybe if you know you're in transition in a place 
and you know God is asking you to trust him more, just to, 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 to put everything in his hands, can you just raise your hands if you're in that place? All right, keep your hands raised. Can we have guys gather around them? Can we have people? Will you guys just gather around them? Lay hands on them. We want to pray for them, okay? we got a few people here, too, that need... Oh, okay. And music group, if you're in transition, can we have some guys come up here and lay hands on them? we got a hand here. Can somebody just come on up and lay hands on her? We just want to pray. It's about the body, right? It's not about me. It's about the body. So that's why we do a lot of body ministry. Okay. I just want to encourage you. Trust in the Lord. As you give Him everything. If we give, as you give Him all of your ways, everything that you have, just trust in Him. He will lead you. He will guide you. He will direct you. This year coming up is going to be a year of great adventure for you. And it's going to be a, not of intrepidation and of fear, but of joy and of peace. And you are going to walk into the new year and you're going to walk throughout this, this time of transition in joy and in peace. That even at times, there may, while there may be a storm around you, you are going to have perfect peace like Jesus did as he slept in the bottom of the boat. And at times, you're going to walk through the storms. You're just going to walk through it. It's not going to affect you. But God has got your back. He's got your re- he is your rear guard and he goes before you. And so he is always with you. And so you are on a great adventure. And you have nothing to fear because the God of angel armies is on your side. So, Heavenly Father, right now, I just thank you for each person in this place. I thank you for what you're doing in their lives. God, I thank you that in you we can risk it all. You've said, give us, give me all. And so, God, right now we say, here it is. We give you all. We trust totally in you, God. You have our plans and you have our purposes. You know our future, God. And you've ordained it from the foundation of the earth, from the foundation of time. You ordained it, God. And so we can just trust in you. Lord, we ask today that we would be filled with your peace that passes all understanding, God. That you are going to be the one that directs our steps. That you will not let us stumble, you will not let us fall. But you will lead us and you will guide us each step of the way. And so, Father, I pray your perfect peace on each person here that's in this place of transition, God. Father, I pray for an upgrade of trust, an upgrade of faith, to realize, God, that you have got everything in your hand, Father God. And that, Lord, so many times people are afraid they're going to step out of your will, they're going to step out of alignment with you. But you are a good Father that always brings us back into alignment. You are a good Father that always shows us the paths. As we acknowledge you, you show us the way, God. So I thank you, Lord. You are going to give them eyes to see and ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. And this is going to be a year coming up where they are going to hear the voice of the Spirit in a greater measure than they've ever heard before. And Lord, as you have them in the school of the Spirit, they're going to grow in such depth in you, such a greater trust in you, such a greater um, place of, of knowing who you are. And what you are all about. And let Lord, as they begin to walk with you on this path in this new year, they are going to encourage others around them to do the same. God, that they are going to feed off of each other and the encouragement in each other. And off the radical goodness of God as they walk out this new year, Father. So, Father, we pay a blessing on them. Father, may you bless them. May you keep them. Father God, in everything that they do, Father God. 
We come against any confusion right now in Jesus' name. And Father, we ask for your peace to come in. And Father, we ask that their eyes just continually be fixed on you in everything that they do. And I just thank you, Father, for the testimonies of the radical goodness of God that are going to come out of these people as they trust in you this new year. And we just thank you for that, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.